talking to some of the best names in contemporary Christian music. This is the Hope FM Artist Interview. And welcome to this week's episode of the Artist Interview podcast from Hope FM, where I, Gordon T, your host, get the absolute pleasure to speak to some of the real stars from the world of contemporary Christian music. And this week, I'm really pleased to welcome back to the show, Micah Tyler. We first had him in May 2020, uh, and he's just such a lovely guy with some really great music. And any regular listener to our station here on Hope FM or our partner stations worldwide will be familiar with his sounds, uh, but it's going to be great to hear again from him. Before we chat with him, let's play this first track, and it's called New Today. And that was New Today by Micah Tyler. Hey, Micah, how are you doing? Uh, man, I'm doing fantastic. How are you? I'm very well, thank you, sir. Very well. Whereabouts in the world are you? Uh, currently, I'm in the parking lot of a Hobby Lobby. Do you guys have Hobby Lobby over on your side of the pond? It's probably like Hobby Craft or something. So it's a shop that my daughter, when she was long, young, used to go to, to buy all sorts of things to make things for making projects. Is it that? Well, it's, it's that. And also, they have somehow tapped into... Uh, the heartbeat of all of the women here in the U.S. of what they need come any holiday, decorative, there's all anything you can decorate a house with. They've got it all inside of here. And somehow they just, they, they bring them in. My wife just is drawn to Hobby Lobby once every couple of weeks just to see what they have. And so I am on a mission today to pick up a few Christmas decorations uh, because it is it is that time of the year right now. It, it certainly shortly will be. Once we hit the 1st of December, you, you need to have those decorations ready to go. So That's right. Apart from America, where you seem to do things early, but that's okay. We won't judge. So That's good. Uh, now, now, when when you last came on the show, you have kindly shared a little bit about your history. Yeah. I think I'm right in saying that you were, you were a youth pastor. I was. And you spent your, you spent your pizza budget buying a guitar. <laughs> That's right. Have I got this right? You bought a guitar to teach. You thought some kid might be the next Matt Redman in your group. None of them played. And you said, learn to play music to lead worship. And did they do it? They did not. And so I ended up, I was like, man, I've spent this pizza budget buying this guitar, thinking that one of these kids would lead worship for me. I guess I shouldn't waste it. I guess I should like play a few songs, like learn how to play it because I didn't know how to play. So I was about 20. And so I just, I started like watching YouTube videos and, and trying to learn, you know, I started sitting beside a couple of guys in church who played and like watched what they were doing and finally got the nerve uh, to play uh, a song on a Wednesday. And that was, you know, 17 years ago. And I just keep, I've been doing it ever since. So it, it, I had no idea that it would lead to this, but you know, I guess I, I listen, I'm not the next Matt Redman by any means. Uh, but I had no idea that I'd be doing this. Someone would be giving me their pizza budget to come in and play a show. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> well, it worked out really well. And as I think I said last time, good job none of the youth picked it up. And what a blessing to all of us that, that you did. <laughs> so that, that's great. Right. So, so you've been playing shows since what age did you first start doing shows? So we had a, you know, it, we had a couple of, on, for sure, the online things. We did the Skype, you know, the, the uh, different FaceTime shows, that kind of stuff. Um, couple of times, which, which was really a strange uh, new thing was they would fly me to a place to do an online festival. So there's times where I would fly for three hours, land somewhere so they could go and record me 
do something where I, I was still flying somewhere where I could be online, which is always just a weird a way to be able to do the whole thing. So I did a couple of those throughout the pandemic and then really started playing a few shows. Um, maybe like, I guess spring of last year, um, did a weekend called a uh, winter jam where I did a weekend of shows. Um, and then I just, we just wrapped up a tour with mercy me, um, that I did this, this fall. So that's just, that's just finishing literally just now, isn't it? You just, it just got canceled, isn't it? It, it did. We got shut down early. Um, I had a couple of guys on the crew test positive and they were kind of saying like, Hey, look, we have two more weeks of this tour. Instead of risking anyone else getting sick, possibly, we want to make sure that we're being protective of not just our crew and our families, but also, you know, the people who are coming to the shows and everything. We're like, let's go ahead and for, for safety, let's go ahead and shut everything down. So I just found out today we're going to pick up four of those shows in February. We're going to redo those um, for the shows that we missed. And the other three are going to end up being a part of Mercy Me's fall tour with someone else next year. But I'm, I'm pumped that we're getting to go back and make up some of these shows. But we had 21 shows, which was 21 more than what I played the year before and 21 more than what a lot of people are getting to play right now. So we're super grateful that we got to go out there and do that. So that is pretty, in fact, 21. Obviously, it is 2021 when we're recording this. Sure. You've got to do 21 shows and you've got a great big smile on your face. So I'm guessing that you enjoyed doing it. Oh, my gosh. It, we spent a year and a half um, just just in that waiting time like everyone else. And, and I, I just I was so enjoyed being a dad and being a husband and being home and spending time with my family. We played more board games. We ate more uh, meals around the table. We had more Nerf wars and hide and go seek and all the different things that we could do in the house. Um, but also I spent a lot of time going, God, if you allow me to do this again, I don't want to take those moments for granted where I get to walk out onto a stage and present the gospel. So for 21 shows, I got to walk out there and tell thousands of people every night um, that, that, that the hope of Jesus is still alive before a pandemic, after a pandemic, during a pandemic, it was the promises of God are just as true no matter where we are in our scope of life. And, and God taught me a lot of that, you know, throughout the pandemic, reminding our hearts that he is worth trusting even when things are really difficult. So it was a, uh, it was an absolute joy to be able to go out there and remind people that God is still, he still loves them, still for them. And, uh, and as we kind of re-enter to what this new normal is going to be, um, he is the same God throughout the whole thing. So, that was interesting you said that. You sounded really quite animated and excited about this thing you, you just mentioned called the gospel. <laughs> so uh, now most of our listeners will know exactly what you mean when you say that. But, uh, but when I was 11 years old, having been to church all my life, 11 years old, I went to an event and someone gave a presentation of the gospel. And I thought, why has no one told me this before? And that was the day I became a Christian. Could you do me a favor? Yeah. Could you, in two minutes or less, tell me, what do you mean by the gospel and how should people who don't yet know what it's about, how should they respond to it? What's the options? So, so you were 11. I was 10 years old. Um, I was sitting in a vacation Bible school, which is like a little Bible club. I don't know if they do that over in, in your part of the world, but summertime's here in Texas, uh, over here in the U U.S. Um, they have these little weeks where you come in and you can learn about the Bible. And so we went in uh, and I was 10 years old, sat there on a pew, red carpet, red pew, and was told um, that that the world was created to be good and then sin entered into this world and it has affected every single person. And that sin is something that gets in the way of a relationship with a holy God who is blameless and sinless and perfect and loving. But because of that great love that he has, he has given us the opportunity to be reconciled. The thing that was good that became bad can be made good again. So our hearts that are weighed down by the sins of this world 
um, that we, the separation that we have from God can be taken away if, if we put our trust in the savior of the world, the one who created all things, the one who made things good in the first place, the one who offers mercy and forgiveness and grace and love and hope to all people. Um, if we accept those things, believe that he is Lord, follow him and submit to him um, as, a, as a follower of who he is and what he um, has told us are good things, um, then our lives are safe. And because of that, that, the gospel has been offered to us through Jesus coming here on this earth, living, dying, rising again, and offering us that relationship to him um, that we can be changed forever. And so the reason why I go out and do concerts today that I tell people about the gospel is because it changed me when I was 10 years old. And that same gospel is the reason why I wanted to go become a youth pastor to tell other students who Jesus is and who that, how that gospel can change them. It's the reason why I wanted somebody to pick up a guitar and sing about it because the gospel is worth shouting and singing and praising God for. It's the same reason why at 27, I stepped out to do music full time and trust God because the gospel called me to go out and step into places where I wanted to sing and tell good stories about the goodness of who God is. And it's the reason why I'm sitting in a Hobby Lobby parking lot right now talking to you is because the gospel of Jesus changed me when I was 10 years old and it's still changing me today and I can't stop talking about it. Hey, well, you did manage to stop talking about it, but I could see that you were very excited about that good news of Jesus. Well, we, did we get it in two minutes? I didn't time it. I okay. should have timed it. I reckon you were probably pretty perfect, mate. That was good. If someone doesn't hit a stopwatch, I'm not going to, typically I don't stop. I'm, I'm, I, if they give me too much time or they're not timing it, then I got as much time as I need. That's great. I should I, sh I should have timed you, but it was it was you know what you got you got all the key stuff in yeah. there, and I think the thing is that sometimes it just takes someone explaining actually the great news of what Jesus has done for us to be able to say yeah I do want to accept that I do want to follow that I do want to receive what yeah. Jesus has for me, and the fact that you get a platform to go out in front of thousands of people and tell them about the way that God has reached into your life uh, and saved you and picked you up and just holds you in His arms. Uh, it's exactly the reason I do my radio show as well, so that other people might know more of his love. So it's a wonderful thing. How many people do you think have come to your 21 shows? Do you know? We, I think we probably averaged between four, probably about three and 4,000 a night. So, I, I mean, I would say, you know, some, somewhere around 80 to 100,000 people over the course of those 21 shows uh, came in and got to hear wow. the gospel presented, you know, through through song from, from myself and Mercy Me and uh, yeah, I mean, it, there was, it, it was, it was really fun because you could also just see people walking in, you know, it, it, we're, we're reentering the world again. It's, it's, it's kind of this whole new thing. And so, but people were so hungry to sing and to shout and to celebrate together. It was, it was so nice to just see, even through masked faces at times, see the joy of the Lord, just kind of fill up the room and for people to be reminded um, of how good it is for us to do this whole thing together. And so that was a, you know, getting to hear people sing songs where, and there were songs that we released but new today. The song you just played was released during the pandemic. And so a lot of those, uh, some of these songs, I haven't been able to play in rooms where I, I don't even know if people know these songs or not. So to get into rooms and to hear people singing the truths of, of things that God worked in my life a few years ago when I was writing these songs out and we released an album right in the middle of a pandemic, not knowing that people were even listening to the songs, but to hear that they have now made those anthems in their life and they're singing along with us. You know, there was a lot of nights where I'm trying to 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 wipe the you know tears out of my eyes to get through some of these songs um, because it was so so sweet to be reminded that like like I said we're we're doing this whole thing together. That's one of the things that interests me because 
you get to go out night after night and sing the same songs. And I think I might get bored, but I, I've just realized something. It's because you're not singing the songs to the people, you're singing the songs with the people. Yeah. And I don't think I would get bored of that. That seems like that could be just an extraordinary moment, really. So what's been the highlight of the tour for you? So, so uh, during my set, we, we come out and we're trying to have a party. We're having fun. We're celebrating the, the joy of the Lord. But also we try to walk into where people are at right now. I think a lot of people are trying to figure out like, what's next? And I, I think that it's been really easy, um, especially a lot of people have just kind of felt alone. And, and, and you don't have to be lonely any, every time that you're alone. But I think a lot of people have felt lonely. And so for us to be able to walk into those rooms and we're, I, I tell people all the time, I don't leave my house to sing songs. That I, I'm not I'm not going to step out of a house where I've got a wife and three kids who I love dearly, who I'm trying to live out the gospel in front of them every time that I can. I don't leave my house to sing songs. I, I walk out of my home um, because I am sent to go and bring the gospel to people. And so if I'm going to spend 35 minutes on a stage, it's not going to be so I can sing six or seven songs and then say thanks and hopefully they'll buy a T-shirt on the way out. I want to walk out there. So the highlight for me was that during the set, we'll just throw up scripture at certain points. We want to hear and see the gospel presented clearly and see that the one who did not know sin became sin so that, so that we could share the righteousness of Jesus. And so, so one of my favorite nights of the whole thing, and which is one of the clearest pictures of the gospel for me, um, one night we have these, these four scriptures that come up uh, between new today and my song different. When we're talking about the difference that God can make. And so these, these scriptures start coming up. And I see these two little girls in the front row and they've just been singing and dancing. It was the sweetest thing. They're probably eight years old and 11 years old. Well, I've got an eight year old at my house and I know that he has a hard time reading big words and big sentences. Um, and I remember that night looking down at these little sweet girls and they've just been singing and dancing. When these scriptures started coming up on the screen, I, I look over and I see the little eight year old look over at the 11 year old and the 11 year old leans over and goes, oh, and she starts reading the scripture to her off of the screen. Oh. And listen, as, as a dad, um, I, I mean, just the lump in my throat just starts rising because I'm going like, this is the gospel. It is, it is when we can't even see what the truth of the gospel is, the believers that we have walking alongside of us can remind us, can show us, can, can walk at people who've already know how to read, who know how to get to these things can point towards the goodness that they've seen. And so that right there was one of my, one of my favorite highlights of the tour. I was just literally seeing these, these two little girls representing how God has made us to live in community alongside of each other. And they were just sisters reading, reading words on the screen. But that night it was, uh, it was something I'll, I'll remember for a long time. That is a really beautiful story. You know what I like about it? It's not the super flashy, big glitzy moment. It's just people's hearts. Uh, and just, I love that. That's a beautiful story. Thanks so much for sharing. Yeah. Made me feel a little bit emotional yeah. as a dad myself. So yeah, I can, I can get that. So Mercy Me, right now, obviously they're a, a top draw band really, aren't they? Big, big name. Sure. Are they, are they good friends? Now you've been on tour. Are, are they good friends? I, I mean, I'm legally obligated to say, uh, no, <laughs> no, listen to me. These guys. So I actually, so, so we have the same manager, um, and we have the same record label. So I've been around these guys a lot, but they've asked me to come out, um, on multiple tours the last five years. Um, and on this tour, I actually crossed over a hundred shows with mercy me that I've, I've opened for them in some kind of capacity. Um, and so, 
I, I am here to let everyone know that, that these are good men who, who love their family, who are so talented, um, who have been so kind to me and to my family. Um, I have learned so many things from watching these guys night in and night out go out there and try to be better than the night before. They're trying to go out. I mean, this show that they're doing right now is just, it's beautiful. Like they have put so much work into making it feel like that people, it's a, it's a worthwhile night for their families to walk in and to just experience all of these songs, not just hear the words, but to like really see them and get to see everything kind of uh, really being lived out in front of them. And so, yeah, I mean, they, they, they're, they're good guys. They, there's a reason why they get to hang around for 27 years, still doing music and stuff. Um, and it's because, you know, they, they love Jesus and they have been kind to the people around them. When, uh, when we had Mike on the show, I've got to say, he was so lovely. I, 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 it was probably one of the longest interviews I've ever done because we just spent time chilling out together. And I, at the end of it, I went, what a lovely bloke. So, um, sure. so I'm, I'm, slight, I'm slightly jealous that you get to spend time just chilling out with them as, as you're in your tour buses or whatever it is. It's, uh, yeah. It sounds like a wonderful thing. And, and the fact they've asked you back multiple times, clearly there's a good synergy there as well. Yeah. Um, so, um, so if people haven't yet listened to uh, Inhale, Exhale, you definitely need to go and check sure. that out, don't they? Sorry, Micah, for just quickly publicising some other stuff. That's okay. That's really poor of me. I shouldn't do it. <laughs> right. Forgive me, my friend. So uh, but you're both on the same label, aren't you? You're both on Fairtrade. Yeah, we are. Why have you stayed with Fairtrade for so long? How long have you been with them? Uh, I, I signed with Fairtrade, is, uh, I think it's six years ago, uh, August of 2015. So yeah, we just crossed six years. Um, it is a, the, the reason why they're called fair trade um, is because it's not because they're selling, you know, coffee beans that go through a uh, customs. It's like, like fair trade for them is like, if you're going to work hard as an artist, we're going to work hard as a record label. If you're going to put forward this kind of effort and you really believe in these songs, um, we want to walk alongside and believe along these sides of these songs with you. Um, and so for, for me, I, at the end of the day, when I walked into this record label, I, I told him that dad said, I'm not looking for someone to just try and throw my songs around. I'm looking for a partner. I want someone who I can partner with for the gospel, partner with for these songs, my ministry, my family. Like it's going to be like an all inclusive thing. Like we're really going to get shoulder to shoulder and really try to build the kingdom of God together and, and seek out him first. And, uh, and for six years, I, I have no complaints. These guys have honestly just been, uh, so wonderful to work with. They're so encouraging. Um, we've had hard conversations. We've had honest conversations. But at the end of the day, it always points back to, hey, we're going to work hard alongside of you and partner well um, because we're all trying to do the same thing, which is just to seek the kingdom of God and to try to, 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 to show others that he is worth uh, following and listening to. So this, it's been a wonderful partnership with Kev. I've got to say, a recommendation. If I become an artist at any stage, I will probably also go and sign with Fairtrade. Unfortunately, I can't sing. So I, I could probably learn the guitar if I put a lot of effort in, but singing something you, you've either got or you haven't got. So Typically, that's a prerequisite for them. They like people who sing for their music record label. But people with talent. If, yeah. <laughs> if they end up having a podcast division, I will, I will be a... I will, Put me down as a reference. I'll, I'll do whatever it takes. <laughs> Thank you. That's very kind of you. Now, do you know Baylor Wilson? I do. 
Yeah, see, because Baylor Wilson, see, we, we had her on the show um, when uh, when she had her when she got her third track out. And yeah. I, I've got to say, she was really admirable. I really liked her. And just as you said nice things about Mercy Me, she said nice things about you, Micah. So I just thought I'd let you know. No. Um, so and that's really nice the way that the Fair Trade family work together to try and build each other up and take people on the journey. I appreciate that. It's good stuff. Yeah. What you might not know, slight tangent here. Did you know that your Facebook page just celebrated his ninth birthday? No, I did not. You missed out on that celebration. We had a cake here in the studio, but oh. uh, you missed out. It was just at the start of the month, my friend. So so it's amazing how technology, though, it, it probably doesn't seem that long ago, nine years in some ways, but there's probably so much history and information on that page if you were to go back in time through it. Oh, my gosh. Well, what's really funny is that originally it was the Micah Tyler Band. Um, and so it was me and four other people, Okay. So we stepped out of the Micah Tyler band. We're all doing this together. It was my, my brother played drums for me. I had a couple other guys who played guitar and, and played keys. Um, and then we had a girl who was singing with us. So it was Micah Tyler band. Um, and we had, we had 2,100 people on, that liked the Facebook page. And we were so excited because we've been playing youth camps and we we're playing uh, different church services. We're just doing everything we could. And we had built up 2000. Well, then um, everyone like it was, it was a really, it was a really beautiful thing when it was also, it was, it was hard, but it was a beautiful thing where God just called all of these people into new opportunities. Um, my brother became a youth pastor. Um, one of the guys became a creative director at his church. One guy became a father and then had a new job open up. Um, the Haley, the gal who was seeing with me, um, was getting married and, and so she was finishing out her college degree. And so God just kind of like separated it really fast. And then I'm the only one left. Well, I can't call it the Micah Tyler band if there's no band. So I had to create this new Facebook page. And I remember being so upset because on Facebook, if you get, no, no, I'm sorry. We didn't have 2000. We had like 1000 people. If you cross a thousand, you can't change the name of your Facebook page. You can't change it to the Mike, just Micah Tyler. So I had to create a new page. And I remember just the sinking feeling of going, I've worked so hard to get a thousand people to like this page. And so I remember, I don't, I don't remember seeing the actual nine year birthday, but I do remember getting on there and being like, Hey, everybody, I've created this new page. If you like the other page, if you would please just like it, it would mean so much to me because I've already had, I'm losing a thousand followers here. And so had no idea that we, we have a few more than that now, but it's really funny because I really do remember creating the page going, well, this is a lost cause. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's certainly taken off since then, which is good news. Yeah. Um, I think I'll just quickly just mention things because when we were last on the show, so May 2020, yeah. we talked about a couple of things. We talked about the fact that your track, uh, Welcome to the Family, yeah. was at that point our joint favourite. You won't remember this, I doubt, but our joint favourite track of the year. So with 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 Holy Water from We the Kingdom. Yes. Um, and Actually, it did really well. So just just for your information, by the end of the year, um, uh, although Welcome to the Family didn't feature in our charts, yeah. I am sorry, probably should have done because it's a great track. Thank you. But Amen, um, which which was in the charts when we, when we did the interview, but Amen by the end of the year, in the charts of the year 2020, came in position 11. Wow. I know it had 20... 21 weeks in the charts and only we the kingdom and Corey asbury had, had, had beaten that so 21 wow. weeks in the charts in 2020 right what a, what a track it's a great track and an, an amazing story behind it as well so well thanks so much just thought i'd encourage you by saying you know what we might be a long way over here in the uk but we do love your music and your ministry so thanks for all that you bring in that now just a question do you 
do you think that possibly Kingdom being a part of We the Kingdom had anything to do with with their band playing so well over in your neck of the woods? Does that have anything to do with it, with the monarchy or anything? Is that well, a- I think the Queen, if she had a favorite band that she was allowed to talk about, and she has to be very careful because she's not allowed to endorse things. Totally. I can't say it's actually the truth, but if it was, it would probably be the Kingdom. Yeah. And you never know, Michael, you might be second if you put Micah Tyler United Kingdom at the end of it, I, something like that. I think there's, yeah, I, I've got to figure out how to get a U and a K inside of my name somewhere. That's, that's my next move. Okay. Now, 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 talking of your name, though, see, um, I had an interesting experience with my, I've got one of those Amazon devices. I won't say the name of it because it'll start talking to me. Yeah. You know, you know the ones you talk to? So I've got one of those and I set a reminder on it that I had to do this interview. But it came up with a reminder earlier on today uh, and it said, Monica Tyler interview. Right? Monica? <laughs> now, Obviously, your name's not that easy to get right, but I remember seeing a story uh, of you, I think you put it on your Instagram, where you were doing a show and it didn't all go exactly to plan when you were you were, you were were opening for, can you remember this? I do, Phil Wickham. Tell us the story. Oh, I, I love Phil. Phil's another guy on a record label. He's the reason I have a record deal is because of this show. Um, I, I, I had opened up for Phil previously about six months before he asked me to open up for him, but there, I, I was actually, it was a local show and the church said, Hey, when you can open her, can you come play before Phil Wickham? And I was like, of course I will. So I went and did the show. It went really well. Phil was super kind to me. Asked me if I would come back and do another show with him sometime. I said, yes. So about six months later, I get the call to do the show in Tyler, Texas. I'd never been there before. Looking forward to it. No one knew who I was. This is well before any kind of, anyone would know my songs unless I was in the room singing it for them. And so I get called in and the, the short version is Phil was supposed to be flying from one part of the country over to, to Texas to play that show. And he had a flight get delayed, which turned into missing a connecting flight. And then that connecting flight had mechanical issues. And then, and then it ended up with the show was starting at seven o'clock. I'm supposed to be the opener at seven o'clock. And at six 45, I found out that Phil's plane was trying to land at an airport an hour away. And there was a storm cloud sitting on that airport. And it just, the plane circled four or five times, could not land and took off and ended up landing five hours away. So I found out that I had to do a Phil Wickham show by myself. Just a show. Did you have to do a five hour opener before he arrived? Well, the thing, at one point they were like, hey, can you, because I was supposed to do like 10 minutes. They said, hey, Phil's having some plane issues. Can you do 15 minutes? And I was like, yeah, it's like one more song. I got it. They came back a couple of hours later. Hey, Phil has some uh, mechanical issues with his plane. So it's going to be a little late. Do you think you could do 20 minutes? I'm going like, okay, uh, there's one more song. Yeah, I could do, do that. Then they came back and they're like, hey, look, Phil's going to just try to get here as soon as he can. Do you think you could play until he gets here? And I was like, well, I only, I've only written like nine songs. So like I, at this time, I'm going like, I, I, you know, I, mean, I, could, I, I guess I can start doing Phil Wickham songs at some point. And then when they told me at 645, they said, hey, you can play as long as you want to. Phil's not coming. <laughs> so I, I was, uh, I said, okay, well, I'm about to play for 15 minutes and get out of here. But no, I, I said, I said, sure. I, so I got up there and as I was about to walk out, the local DJ turned to me and said, this is, this is rough. And I was like, oh, it really is. He said, we'll go out there together. So we go out there and the, the crowd is shouting, Phil, Phil, Phil. Like they have no idea that any of this is happening. And he gets up there and he, he finally just says, uh, oh, one more thing I got to tell you guys. Phil Wickham is not coming tonight, but please help me welcome the Michael Taylor Band. The Michael Taylor Band. <laughs> and then just leaves. Uh-huh. And I was by myself. So I had to apologize. I said, first thing, uh, 
I am so I'm so sorry. My name is Micah Tyler. It's not Michael Taylor. I, and second of all, I am so sorry. I'm not a band. I'm just by myself. So, so that's another thing. Um, and third thing, I don't know if this is the right time to mention this or not, but I literally just decided to start a cover band called Will Fickham, <laughs> which I thought was funny. And, and then they did too. They started laughing. And I'm going like, okay, the Lord is still here. So I got up there and I played for about 45 minutes. They ended up having another band they brought in really fast. It was not like a known band, it's like a local band that came and played after me. Um, but I played for 45 minutes and like just laughed and cried and told stories. And again, just shared how the gospel had changed my life and how I could change theirs too. And uh, after the night was over with the next day, I get a call from, from Phil Wickham's road manager asking me what I did that night. And I'm going like, did I, did I say something inappropriate? Am I getting in trouble right now? He said, people just keep messaging us and talking about how special last night was. We'd like to do more things. I end up going on a Christmas tour with those guys. Phil ends up introducing me to his manager and his label, which ends up becoming my manager and my label. And wow, here we are. So the Michael Taylor band had one show uh, and it worked out really well. <laughs> well, I've got to say, that's a lovely story. And I'm glad to have heard the, the proper version of it. So yeah. amazing. Uh, and actually, I've got to say, you and I do have something in common, actually, because because Phil didn't turn up for you. And also Phil didn't turn up for me because he overran doing, uh, he was doing leading worship, I think, for 3,000 people who were the cast of The Chosen. And I've got to be honest, I can see why he probably had to prioritize that, but I am looking forward to having him on the show at some stage. What a lame excuse. I'm gonna start using that from now on too. Yeah, oh yeah, I was actually leading worship for 3,000 people for The Chosen. That's gonna be my new go-to if I oversleep. That's what I'm gonna say for now. That's a, that's a Phil tells that to everybody. I don't want you to feel bad, but he says that all the time. That that, that I I I do feel bad now. I'm just gonna. <laughs> so, oh, that's good. I'm glad you've come back a second time. It shows how faithful you are, sir. Now we've got another track that we need to play from you. Uh, now the track is called "Walking Free," so it's from your 2020 album. Tell us about Walking Free. Why, why did you write this? Why is it significant to you? So, so new today, the whole album was written during one of the hardest seasons of our lives. Um, 2017 um, was kind of our 2020. Uh, 2017 was whenever uh, we had Hurricane Harvey um, pour over 40 inches of rain on our house in just two days. Um, we ended up losing four of the, the rooms in our home um, that we had to, to, to rebuild. And, re and just it was a really hard situation. Um, and we thought that was going to be the hardest storm we'd walk through. And then uh, my younger brother, Daniel, had been diagnosed with stage four colon cancer um, just a few weeks after um, that storm came through. So we're, we're in the middle of just a really tough season. And I made a commitment as, a, as not just as a songwriter, um, but as a messenger of the gospel to, to just be honest at all times. So if I am if I am learning about the joy of God, I want to sing about the joy of God. If I am learning how to trust him as comforter because I'm in distress, if I'm learning how to trust him as the prince of peace because I'm feeling very unsettled, if I'm trusting him to be the one who is not just a promise um, maker, but a promise keeper, then I want to write about those things. So this album has a little bit of it's not like a yin yang thing. It's not like it's a you know, it, it's, it's this thing and then that thing, too. It's kind of this whole fluid thing. So new today was kind of written when we, were, we didn't know if my brother was going to make it. We didn't know if the house was going to be rebuilt. We didn't know what we were going to do. But I was asking for God to show us mercy. Um, Walking Free was written um, after my brother went in for an exploratory surgery and they looked around and he had no more cancer left. 
and he got to ring a bell because he's a cancer survivor. The house had been put back together. And I started looking back and every time that we felt like that God was calling us to sacrifice and, and to struggle through these hard things, we looked back and we just saw his faithfulness over and over. And I'm reminded that the mercy that God gives us, the grace that God gives us, the hope that God gives us, it's not meant for us to just receive those things and be grateful. It's for us to go out. And to the, the Bible says, beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news of Jesus. So we're not meant to just stand there and hold up these good things, but to walk out with the freedom that God's given us to try to share that freedom with other people. So this song became this anthem for my heart, kind of walking through some of these struggles that we were going through. And then it kind of became my pandemic anthem too. It's like, God, I, you know, we spent a whole lot of times inside of our homes, just kind of waiting for people to tell us it's okay to go back outside. Um, but at the same time, when, when it's time to, man, I want to walk with the same freedom that, 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 that only Jesus can give. And so this song has kind of become that anthem of like, hey, as we walk into these new normals, we walk in with the same freedom that God gave us when, we, when he saved our hearts in the first place. And it's, and it's here to be able to go out and save other people too. And that was Walking Free. And I'm very pleased to say that Micah Tyler is with us for the Artist Interview, a podcast from Hope FM, also on our partner stations worldwide. Micah, thanks so much. That track is absolutely great. Um, and I'm sure that on, the listeners are really appreciate it. If you would be happy right now just to pray for people, I think that'd be really a great moment. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Jesus, we want to thank you first off uh, for, for just being who you are to us. You are so kind. You are rich in mercy. You are slow to anger. You are so good, uh, not only to just be holy and wonderful, but to invite us to know you, to call you friend. So guy, right now, um, there may be someone who's listening to this, who just feels alone. Would you remind their hearts that you are closer than a brother, that you draw near the brokenhearted, that you just don't make those promises um, just to make us feel better, but you keep those promises because you are so good and holy. Um, no matter where we are, God, would we, would, would we be reminded that you are not just someone who has mercy for those who work hard enough to get it, but that Lamentations 3, 22 and 23 says that your mercies are made new every morning because you're faithful. So today, we don't have to work our way to be able to be good enough to even for you to have mercy on us. But because of your great goodness, mercy has been made new and offered to our hearts right now. And that when we receive that mercy, it changes us, that we are completely changed, that we are a new creation. And because we've been given that opportunity to change, it is not just so that we can sit back and to be changed, but to go out and to make that change, to make that difference that we want to see in the world, that we were not made to just have freedom, but to walk with that freedom and to walk in that freedom, with that freedom, and to be able to show others that that freedom is for them as well. God, I pray that you would send us out as people who are ambassadors for you, knowing the goodness that you have. And if there's someone right now, God, that just needs to be reminded, I pray, Lord, that you would draw near their broken hearts, that you would draw near their struggles, and to let them know that hope is here, hope is right now, and hope is for them. We thank you, Jesus, for just being Jesus, and you are worth 
everything we can give back to you and more. May we not waste a single breath in our lungs that we would use this opportunity right now to thank you and to walk in your freedom. And it's in your name we ask all these things. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Micah. That was- Yeah, man. Absolutely. Great. So nice that we can get to chat, not to each other, but that is nice. It's nice we can chat to each other, but also chat with Jesus. Uh, yeah. And he loves yes. to listen to us. And uh, if you're listening at home and you may be going, I don't really know this Jesus that Micah and Gordon are talking about, just want to encourage you to get along to, if you're in the UK, www.findachurch.co.uk. There are thousands of churches around the UK that would love to welcome you and help you know more about God's love. And if you're living, uh, if, if, no, not, not living, but maybe living and listening abroad anywhere, if you're listening on a partner station, please contact that station studio and ask them, where's a good church that will help me to learn more about who God is. There's just, it's a great opportunity right now for you to respond and to say, yeah, this is the time I'm going to seek and look and find out who this God is. Micah, wow. How long have you been a Christian then? You said you've been a Christian age 10. Are you, is that like 28 years or something? Yeah. 28, 28 years. Yeah. Wow. Okay. That's, that's pretty cool. I'm, I'm, I'm a bit older in the faith than you because I'm a bit older than you, but anyway, yeah, so, sure. but that's yeah. okay. I, I, I can still pretend I'm young. Um, so we, we still started around the, we still started around the same time though. You were 11. I was 10. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's us. The childlike faith has brought us to where we are right now. That is definitely true. So, but I've also found it's a journey and there's always more. Yeah. I, I, I don't get to a point where I tick a box and go, Oh, I've, I've understood everything now. Oh, and I've, I've, this is my yeah. pinnacle of my relationship with God. Uh, always learning more of God's amazing love for me. Always. So, which is, which is yes. good. Okay. So what is going on with you in this next season? So you, the, the tour has come to an end. You've got some more tour dates sort of planned into next year a little bit. Yeah. A lot of artists during the lockdown in 2020 and throughout the early part of 2021 did a lot of writing. Yeah. Um, because they said there was nothing else to do. Now, I heard you say you were doing Nerf Wars. That sounds like a priority thing to do, actually, as well. Yes. Probably not so easy to write a song about it, unless you're Matthew West. I think Matthew West would do a very good song about Nerf Wars. Hey, fun, fun fact, Walking Free co-wrote with Matthew West. See, you know what? He's everywhere. He is everywhere. He is, he is, I, did, I did not know that he co-wrote that, but I do know he works with an awful lot of people and he's a, he's a gifted guy. So, um, so great. I'm glad that you didn't mind me mentioning his name on your interview. No. You're just a chilled out, no. chilled out dude. This is good. So, so, but did you do any songwriting or did you literally down tools for most of the time? So, so I was one of the few guys who released an album uh, at the beginning of the pandemic. So we actually finished the whole record, had the masters being printed and done as the pandemic started. <laughs> we had, we, I mean, it was like, I was getting the, the final copies of these songs um, on my flight home from our tour being shut down, wearing a mask and not knowing what was about to happen next. Um, and so we released an album, April, April of 2020, right, right in the heart of the beginning of this whole thing. Um, which I describe as throwing, it's, it's, it's very similar to throwing confetti in the dark. Like I know that I'm celebrating, but no one really can see it. <laughs> like that kind of thing. And so, and so uh, I was, so I, I was, we were going like, do we hold the album? Do we, do we release it right now? Do we wait until there's a better time? Um, and I actually sent a, a message, a text message to David Crowder uh, and Crowder responded. I said, you know, we're, we're, we're kind of not knowing if we're going to put this thing out or not. And so I, we're going to do it. And so I just want to give you a copy of it and let you know. And, uh, and he, he let me know. He said, Hey man, I'm going to tell you right now, nine months from now, there's going to be a lot of new songs and a lot of babies. So it's good for you to get ahead of the curve. 
which I thought was just amazing. So it, I, I, we actually released all this. I mean, we released 12 new songs at the very beginning of the pandemic. So I didn't have this pressure on trying to make a new album. And I, I've just traveled so much that like, I mean, I was traveling almost 200 days a year for eight straight years. So the fact that I got to be in my bed, be with my family, sit next to my wife on the couch and watch Netflix, help out with homework, like not the math stuff, like the easy stuff, like the other things. I got to do all those things. Like I was living full-blown dad mode and loving every single second of it. So I didn't do a ton of songwriting, but now I'm doing songwriting right now because now it's time for me to start making some new music. So um, yeah, I got a a couple of writing trips coming up in December and January. Um, The spring, I'm actually headlining my own tour. Uh, and so I'm going to be going out uh, with a guy, uh, Austin French. I don't know if you know Austin or not. Yeah, Austin's been on the show. Yeah, lovely bloke. Wonderful. So Austin's going to come out and he's going to open for us. Uh, and yeah, we're going to do like 20, 25 shows here uh, in the States, you know, uh, the, the latter part of the spring and be able to go run around and kind of have some fun doing that. So yeah, we're, we're trying to just uh, be on top of this, work on some new tunes uh, and, and just kind of seek out what this what the next thing is going to be. But in the meantime, uh, I, I'm definitely going to shoot a few Nerf war Nerf, Nerf guns coming up. I'm sure over in this downtime that we have for Christmas, uh, maybe have to buy a few new ones for the arsenal. Who knows? We'll wait and see how the whole thing goes with Christmas coming up. But yeah, just kind of ready to, to kind of take a breath, kind of go back to kind of enjoying being at my house for a little while uh, and then get ready for the next thing. Just to say, uh, so I have quite a collection of Nerf guns in, in my garage because my, my kids liked them. And no. so if you do come to the UK, bring bring your arsenal yeah. with you. If, if they'll let you bring it through customs, we will definitely take a moment somewhere because, you know, it has to be done. I, I'll leave the guitar. I've got a guitar case <laughs> that can fit all kinds of Nerf guns in there. It'll be smart. It'll be great. That would be very funny to go through customs with a guitar case and they open up and it's full of Nerf guns. I, just, I, just full of it's, Nerf It's guns. a classic, classic mafia move, really. Anyway, okay. Yeah. So, so you you're going to be working on new music, but you're also going to be having a bit of a chill time. Um, what do you think God is wanting to teach you during this time? Um, I felt like 2020, God taught me how to rest. I'm not very good at that. I'm not very good. I'm, I, I'm good at knowing that he's God. I'm not very good at being still. So the whole be still and know that I'm God, I got half of it. You know, Being still is hard for me because I find my worth in how I can work for people and how hard I can work and what I can go do. And if I'm hustling or if I'm running, if I'm doing things, it makes me feel like I've got more worth. And God had to remind me during 2020 that my worth is found in just being like belonging to God. Like I'm worth something because he calls me his son. He calls me his child. So I, I feel like that right now, I, I, because it's been a, a crazy, you know, traveling, I, I was probably home average, maybe 50 to 60 hours a week. I was, I was home during that Mercy Me tour the last two months. So now that that thing is over with, we're kind of walking back into being home for a little more time here. Um, and so I, I'm, I'm, in, I'm ready to unplug, have, have some more rest, just kind of spend more time with my family and stuff. Um, but I do think that God is really reminding my heart. Um, just it's, it's funny because as I start writing, I really start asking these questions like, God, what are you teaching me right now? And at this point, I'm, I'm still trying to figure some of that out. I, I mean, I'm really, I'm, I, I've really regained this passion in my heart for going and sharing the gospel with people um, and, and being able to see what the gospel does every night on a stage during this Mercy Me tour was just wonderful. And so like, I, I think that a lot of that passion is going to leak into those times. Um, I, I want to be careful not to try to write songs that just talk about 
how God is these big explosive moments because sometimes he can be, but I found that during, during the last year and a half, I mean, those whispers that God gives us those little moments, those looking down and seeing two girls uh, reading scripture to each other to share the gospel from a stage. Those are the moments that I want to point people back towards because those moments happen every single day all around us. We may not see a big firework shoot across the sky with God's name on it, but, but if there's an opportunity for us to be able to see the hope of someone who, who, ha- who has something that we want to have or someone who lacks something that we can give to them. Like I want to be aware of those moments. So I think, I think I'm really going to try to focus on, you know, thinking big by looking small is kind of where I think I'm, I think God's kind of teaching my heart right now in some ways. Well, that's a really encouraging word actually, because sometimes because I've seen God do quite big things sometimes you can be always looking for the next big thing. And yeah, you would miss out on seeing yeah. just the daily things that God is doing in, in your own life and those around you. A little beautiful thing. Yeah, that's it. I love that. That's, that's great. Thank you very much, Micah. Um, so for people who aren't um, currently familiar with you with regards to all the things you're up to, how do people connect with you? Uh, I'm, I'm all social medias, not the Micah Tyler band pay, Facebook page that has been taken down. So don't go there. Uh, but if you want to go, I mean, at Micah Tyler music or at Micah Tyler is kind of my, you can find me on all the different socials, Instagram, all the kind of stuff. Or if you go to MicahTyler.com, there's like a little, there's a little page where it shows all the socials are right there. Ways to be able to reach out, find my music, listen to what we're doing and stuff. But, uh, yeah, I'm not great at social media because like, I don't think about taking a picture of my food and thinking that people would want to see that. So I typically, I'm, I'm pretty sporadic in my posts. Every once in a while, it's just something funny that I see here or there, or, you know, maybe like one of the shows that we're playing something cool that happened and stuff. But yeah, I, I love connecting with people. And so, yeah, social media is a great way to be able to catch that. I, I, I've enjoyed looking at the odd thing that you've posted on there. So it is worth checking it out. Yeah. You mentioned sometimes you like to put funny stories on there. What What would you say is your funniest story from when you've been touring? Oh, my gosh. Um, I mean, there's been a lot of situations uh, uh Okay, so here's probably the, the 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 funniest thing that God taught me. That another one of those like think small things. So I signed a record label. I signed a record deal six years ago. The next week, I get a call from my new manager, who also manages Mercy Me, and says, "Hey, would you like to come and open for Mercy Me at the Texas State Fair, which is this big thing? I live in Texas. This is a huge moment. Would you like to open for Mercy Me?" And I'm going. Uh, is this how this is going to work? Like I get, I signed a record deal and all of a sudden I'm opening for one of the biggest bands in Christian music. This is amazing. And I said, I would love to. He said, okay, put it on your calendar. It's October the 17th. So I go open up my phone and I look and, and I had been booking all my own shows because I'm an independent artist. So I was doing all my booking, all the managing, all this, just me. So I looked at my calendar and I saw that I had already committed to play at a youth retreat that weekend on the 16th and 17th. And someone told me early on in my ministry, you need to be a man of integrity always. So if you book something, don't, don't pass it that thing because something better comes along because apparently God has you there for a reason. So I remember going, oh, okay, okay. And I said, hey, man, I just want to let you know, I actually have something on my books already. He goes, well, can you get out of it? And I was like, no, no, I, I'm going to be a man of integrity. He goes, uh, oh, okay. I said, but yeah, I mean, if this will ha- if you guys are calling me a weekend, like this will happen again sometime. He goes, I don't even know. And then he hangs up the phone, which was which was so disheartening. Now we're a hundred shows later, so it all worked out. But I was still going like, okay, Lord, I'll, I'll figure this thing out. So a couple of weeks later passes. This is like in September, and I get a call, and Sanctus Real, um, who's now it has a new lead singer, but the old lead singer Matt Hammett um, was about to end his run with Sanctus Real, and I get a call from a church 
couple of hours away saying, hey, we'd like for you to come open for Matt Hammett for the, the Sanctus Real fa- Farewell finale show. Would you come and open up for them here in Huntsville, Texas? And I said, oh, my gosh, thanks for asking. I'd be honored to. When is it? They said October 17th. I looked at my calendar. I said, oh, it's that same, it's that same day. I can't do that. I said, I, I said, actually, I, I can't. I'm trying to be a man of integrity. Um, I can't do that. I've got something else going on. So then uh, they said, okay. <laughs> so then a few weeks later, beginning of October, I get a phone call from a guy named Michael Farron. Now, Michael Farron is a great songwriter in Christian music. He's written some number one songs for Lauren Daigle. He used to be in a band called Pocket Full of Rocks. Wonderful man. He calls me and says, uh, hey, Micah. And he, when he and I had written together, he'd been super nice to me. He said, hey, man, I'm trying to do something right now. He said, I know you just signed a record deal. Um, we're trying to do this thing where we have a veteran artist sit on stage next to a new artist and they're going to talk about what it's like being an artist in their different generations. And Michael W. Smith has already agreed to do it. Would you, would you sit on the stage with him? And I said, Michael, oh my gosh, thank you for thinking of me. Of course I'll do it. When is it? He said, October 17th. (laughs) I said, I know for a fact I'm busy that day. I know I've got something going on. Fast forward to October 16th. I show up at this little uh, conference and I find out that it is a, a middle school event. So these are all like seventh and eighth graders. These are like 13, 14 year olds. These are young pre, like teenagers, just enough where they, they don't want to take a shower and they also want to run around all the time. So they're in that great where like the smell of the room meets you before you walk to the room. <laughs> so I, <laughs> I get there and, uh, and they forgot to bring all of their cables for the sound system. So they've got a couple speakers set up and there's no way to hook into them. There's nothing to hook into. So I end up having to get a speaker and putting on the floor and plug my microphone directly into a speaker on the floor. There's nowhere to plug my guitar into. So I just plugged it into my electric guitar player's amp. Um, and then, and then that was our sound system. And then everybody else, played, the drummer played through his drums with no, the bass player played through his bass amp. It sounds awful. Okay. Um, there's no way, there's no in-ears. So there's no monitors. So we're just like hoping for the best. So we start playing, play the first night, and it was rough. It was not great. This is October 16th. Uh, we go to go take a shower that night, and we're playing at a campground where they, they, they run summer camps all summer long. Well, then during off-season, they have to run the pipes, or all of the water gets a, a really strong egg smell, like a real sulfur smell. Well, the cabin we were staying in, they did not do that. So you smelled worse getting out of the shower than what it was getting into the shower. So then I get the next morning, I smell like an egg. I'm with a bunch of junior high kids. We're in the woods and I got two services to play that morning. We play a service and it was fine. It was fine. And so here comes October 17th, the night of, I have passed up Michael W. Smith, Sanctus Real and mercy me to be here for this moment. So we lead worship and then we're going to come up and do like a response time at the very end. We lead worship and it goes, it was fine. It wasn't great, but it wasn't horrible. It was just fine. And I remember going back to a back room. And I found myself a closet and I got inside and I told the Lord of the universe, I said, Hey man, you owe me for this. I'm a man of integrity. I'm telling this to the creator of the universe. You owe me on this one. I pass up a lot of things, a lot of prestigious things, more money, all those things to be here. Cause I'm a good person. So I, you owe me on this one. So, <laughs> so I, <laughs> So they, they said, I hear the speaker up there preaching. And at the very end, he goes, uh, as we ask the band to come, to come, come forward, let's pray. So we go back on the stage. We have one song to play. We're going to play. Um, uh, what's that song? Holy, holy God, I'm not oh, great. I am the great. I am. We're going to play it. So we're going to lead this song in worship. So we get up there and, um, and this, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting there and just kind of picking my guitar going, all right, God, something amazing is about to happen. 
Like I'm going to get a devil on my shoulder. Something awesome is going to happen here because I did a good thing. And the, the speaker goes, as the band plays, you respond. And he gives me a head nod and I start playing. <clears throat> and I said, <clears throat> I want to be close, close to your side. And I look down and there's this very sweet looking seventh grade girl, little 13 year old girl. She's in the front row and she looks right up at me and we make direct eye contact. And then she goes, oh, and starts vomiting on the ground. Oh my goodness. She, she just starts throwing, she starts throwing up. <laughs> and she got she just got sick and she kept eye contact with me the whole time and she throws up on the ground and all the kids go oh like this and the youth pastor looks at me and goes keep going so i said so heaven is real and death is a lie so i start playing they whisk her back to the back all the kids are just holding their breath going oh uh. and, and i'm still singing this song through a speaker on the floor and then they come up and they have this all these like napkins and paper towels and they start piling them up this gigantic pile of stuff. All, it's just humongous. And I'm just singing the song and the song ends and all the kids are holding back. They're holding their breath. And the speaker comes up and goes, wow, what a powerful night. Can we thank Mike and the band for doing this for us? All right, you guys go get your knapsacks and it's going to be time to leave after this is over with. And I was just stunned, just stunned. I got in my car that night and I started driving home. And all I could think about was this, being faithful to God, it is not about the response that we get in the moment. At the end of the day, it is about the heart that we have in those moments. And my heart was not in a good spot. I really was expecting for God to do something great because he owed me something. But at the end of the day, I will always owe something to God because of his goodness in my life. And that night, he decided to put on a little bit of a show for me to let me know like it couldn't have been any worse and embarrassing and crazy of a situation, but here's where it gets funny. So, so all that happens, um, I end up getting signed to the record deal. Uh, we start putting out a song. Never in a moment goes out to radio, becomes a number one song. It's amazing. Um, the next year I get nominated for a devil Award. I'm nominated for new artist of the year. It's amazing. Um, the tickets come in the mail and I look and I could not help but laugh hysterically because uh, the next year on October 17th is when the Dev Awards were that night. Ah, come <laughs> <So>. on. <laughs> and I would have never remembered that date if I had not already passed on it three different times and had a very memorable October 17th the year before. That That is a fantastically awful, amazing turnaround at the end story. I've got to say, I everything. I have, I have known a few things go wrong in services over my life, but that one, I think, may just be the top of the pile because that is an awful moment, especially if it had been somebody right at the back who was being sick. Sure. People could still come forwards and respond if that's what they want to do or whatever. Totally. Because it's at the front. No one wants to go there. So, man. Direct eye contact with me the entire time, just looking in my eyes the whole time. And so, again, the Lord is hilarious. No. He is wildly funny about certain things. And like I said, but but I remember, but that night I laughed so many different times going to the Dev Awards and I lost that night to Zach Williams. But just the fact that we got to hang out in that room and remember that a year before we were doing something that, you know, was trying to be this man of integrity, blah, blah, blah. 
it's just, it was, I, I'm going like, I'm so grateful for that night because the next year it made the next night just so much sweeter. It was wonderful. That is an extraordinary story. So brilliant. Okay. Now we have got one more track to play from you, Micah. And yeah. it, to play this track is going to cost me personally 10 pounds. Um, and for the listeners, I'm amazed by this. For the listeners who are perhaps on stations abroad, uh, our stations, they won't understand this, but on Hope FM, we have a rule that we're in the UK. You cannot play a Christmas track until the 1st of December. That is the earliest you're allowed to do it. And if you break that rule, £10 goes into the charity box. So so I'm going to take the hit for you. Uh, Kai from, from Fairtrade and I have already discussed this and, and I did agree to do it because it's a great Christmas track. So what's, what's, what's the track called? I, I feel like I have to really make this count right now because this is this is £10. Like, we are, like you're sowing a seed into this song. That, uh, that is a lot yeah. of money in American dollars, isn't it, as well? It, it, it's, it, it, listen, it's, it's no small feat. This is amazing. I, I, I'm, I'm blown away that you do this. So the song's called Feels Like Joy, uh, and, and that is literally what we set out to do. It's like, what could we shove into three minutes that will that will cause someone to spontaneously have joy in their life. So it's just, you know, it's pulling in all the wonderful, fun, amazing things of Christmas wrapped up in the fact that we're celebrating who Jesus is and just and just trying to shove as much. We're trying to shove as much joy as we can into three minutes. And so uh, this is our attempt at that. And, and it really is. It's been one of those that like. And I, I, if I put it out last year and never played it because it was during the middle of the pandemic. So I wasn't able to do it. But fun fact, I'm actually playing it for the first time live in two weeks. Oh. Um, we're doing a Christmas show. We're doing a Christmas show on November 30th, which would cost me 10 pounds if I did it uh, in the UK. You should send that 10 pound over, I feel, sir. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to go play this. In, in a, a, it, we're playing a show where we're getting to play it live for the first time. But yeah, it's I, I've heard people tell me like it's their song that they have started flipping on as they're starting to pull the lights out of boxes out of the garage, as, as they're starting to pull things down from the attic and figure out, you know, how to put together the Christmas decorations and wrap the presents. This is, this is one of, this is a, a nice little uh, kickstart to kind of get the whole thing going. So if you're not in the Christmas spirit yet, this is my attempt to possibly get the motor running in the right direction. Feels like joy to the world. Feels like snow in the air. Feels like quiet singing church bells. And that was Feels Like Joy by the wonderful Micah Tyler. And thank you so much for Micah for spending time with us today on The Artist Interview, a podcast from Hope FM. And there are many other really amazing episodes and stories for you to go and explore. So pop onto your favorite podcast platform and search up The Artist Interview. And while you're there, do us a favor, like it, subscribe to it, maybe share it with a friend because there's so many blessings in there and we want as many people as possible to enjoy them. Thank you. Until the next episode, God bless and bye-bye. Talking to some of the best names in contemporary Christian music, this is the Hope FM Artist Interview.